This is a podcast from Minute Media. You thought we were running on fumes, but we're in full bloom here in the Doom Room. I'm Alex, and I'm doomed. <laughs> boom, boom. You're in the interview room here in the Doom Room. I'm Justin, and I'm doomed. Hey, I'm Pete. And we are coming back to you with a special episode of The Doom Room, Woo-hoo! where we are talking to Hammerhead herself, Stephanie yeah! Chikowski. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. What a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Uh, very excited to have you here. Very excited to talk about the show and Hammerhead, who is such a great character on the show. Yeah. So much fun. I so concur. much So much going on. <laughs> uh, I do... Before we even get like into the span of joining the show or anything, I know Pete's probably bursting at the scenes to just talk about how great Hammerhead is because this is legitimately <laughs> one of his favorite characters on the show. So Pete, take it away. Yeah, it was just uh, I just wanted to kind of Chris Farley out a little bit and just say <laughs> that uh, yeah, your part was so badass. It was so much fun and such a cool uh, like character choice. I loved every time you're on screen. Uh, I'm just very excited to hear about uh, the show and your experience with it and kind of how you got started well thanks uh did the show where do you i'm like where do you want me to stop well just how did how did the show happen were they like hey listen we have a, a slew of badass characters we want you to look at you know maybe the <laughs> nun with the chainsaw but we're thinking hammerhead yeah. like how did it go no 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 god i don't have nearly that much juice um, <laughs> david rapaport and lizzie baldessere are the casting directors for a lot of the berlanti shows including doom patrol mm. a lot of stuff that he produces a lot of the cw dc universe that's on um, both HBO Max and CW. Um, I had been in for them before and this role just came up and it was, you know, tall, strong, angry, like various things. And (laughs) I went in and auditioned. I think I lucked out because when I saw the breakdown, I was like, oh yeah, this is fully me. Like this is full. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. I'm, you know, because my career up until that point where it has always been playing like, you know, cops and firefighters and I was on bones. I played a you know lesbian with an axe, you know. Just, <laughs> yeah. just, I am of tall stature specifically for Hollywood. I mean I'm five foot ten, but like I'm a big girl in comparison to the fact that there's a lot of people, a lot, a lot of men are my size out on television. It's just right. you know, the way it is, right? So you've always been hammerhead adjacent is what you're saying. I've always been hammerhead adjacent, <laughs> exactly. So I basically went in for the role and I happened to be at the time I was going through um, chemotherapy for breast cancer. So I had no hair either. Oh, that's wild. I I lost my hair. And I was like, when I was going to lose my hair, I was like, "Mm, I'm allowed to swear? Oh, yeah. yeah, Swear word. I was like, fuck it. I was like, fuck it. I might as well just shave my head and get new headshots. And I. Oh, wow. That's great. I shaved my head and I got a headshot. The headshots with my bald head. And it was like, like <laughs> and like yes. I think a month later, I ended up going in for this. And I remember being like, oh, yeah, no, no. I like Sometimes you, there, a role comes about and you really feel like, oh, yeah. Like you kind of feel like this is mine to lose a little bit. Right. I just remember going in, doing it, being like, I think that felt good. I don't know. Oh, well, I have other things to worry about, like, you know, cancer. <laughs> and my agent called me the next oh day and God. was like, you booked it? And they wow. don't want you to change your hair. And I was like, that is not yeah. a problem. That's <laughs> perfect in every wow. way. Wow, that is wild, the yeah. fact that you were. So were you actually filming while you were still undergoing treatment? 
Um, I was going through I had my last round of heat. Yeah, I was going through my oh, last. That's so perfectly timed. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was perfectly timed. I mean, <laughs> the good part about it was is I mean, because I had to clear with my doctor and everything, and it was one of those things. It was one of those things that it's it's not your grandma's chemo. Like it it was. Right. I tolerated chemotherapy again. Did I mention that I'm tall and strong and drunk? Right, like, exactly. <laughs> you wrecked it. I tolerated it very, very well. So it was, it made me a little tired, but honestly, like the most, the most severe reaction I had to it was, it was kind of like having a really bad hangover. And I spent my youth bartending in a bar that was like Coyote Ugly. So I knew it, I knew from bad hangovers. So I was pretty well prepared. Nice. Wow. That's awesome. And you had a role that you could channel any sort of frustration uh, directly (laughs) into. Yeah, well, you could do that, but it also was just... For me, it was like an 18 month, like just nonstop cancer bolt. You know, you're on yeah. this train and it's so nice to be able to focus on something else. Right. And, in, you know, I, what I find is, is when all big life changes happen, I don't, you can say pandemic or what people die, people are, you know, babies are born, everything kind of crystallizes and you really focus on shit that's important. Mm. And to me, like, it's one of those things that I'm always like, at certain points of my time in, in my life, I've been like, do I still want to do this? I don't know. Like, yeah, I think I do. But do I, like, but could I let it go? And it would my life be easier? And it's kind of one of those things like when everything else goes away and the only thing you want to do is keep doing this, then right. it's just kind of like it, keep, it both reaffirms a reason to live, but it also reaffirms why you're doing it again. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. that's unbelievable. Let's get all deep. We're here for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of amazing that like we're saying that sort of segued from one part of your life to another uh, into this role. I mean, other than other than the hair, which you had already nailed or lack of yeah. hair, which you nailed when you got into costuming, was there any playing around with that? Were they like different leather jackets <laughs> to look through? Yeah, or? they gave me a couple. I mean, generally when you're coming in for wardrobe, they have a they have a look that they're they think they want mm-hmm. and then they'll go through and they'll put you in different stuff and then the carry was really great about asking me how i felt and my mom was a costume designer years and years ago like for community oh theater. cool so when it comes to wardrobe i tend to really like to collaborate with not i like to collaborate with whoever the designer is but not in a way that's just that is about ego mm-hmm. um because mm-hmm. i find that and again this is like my mom was a costume designer and they wanted this woman to wear a hat. She's like, I can't sing with a hat on. Like, you know, it's just, I look stupid. And I mean, I was pretty lucky because I'm like, she basically looks, you know, Hammerhead basically looks like she rolls out of the Warriors. It's like black leather and like, how can you go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> so it was a couple of different, you know, a couple of different jeans and just to see, but it was, it was pretty streamlined because Grant Morrison, with the exception of the big hammer coming out of the head, it was, it was pretty identical. I think it's pretty identical to the graphic novel, the way the Grant had originally, the original inception for it. Yeah. We've already seen sort of the external Hammerhead in the show yeah. before. We saw you as Hammerhead. Yeah. How did that work? Did you talk to Diane about like sort of what she had yeah. done uh, when you were coming in? When we first had the audition, they were trying to get some footage just so we could see how Diane was playing it. I had a really specific idea of how I just felt it. The interesting thing to me was I played it my way and then we played around and one of the directions they were playing with just because they're trying to help actors as much as possible was that because Diane is much smaller in stature than I am, that as a small person, 
playing someone who's like fighting against people. It's like you think of dogs, like attack dogs, like little dogs are like, ah, they're super loud. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're big and strong, you, you claim your power in a different way. Oh, that's so cool. And, and it was interesting because I, I, you know, we did a couple of takes and I was like, whatever, but I found that Diane and I tend to come at Hammerhead in the same way because the other thing is the thing that wasn't part of this. And that's be- sometimes when you're auditioning for stuff, you don't get all the information. I'm like, well, yeah, she could be really yippy, except for it's somebody else taking over. It's when it's someone else taking over, even if you are a small sketch, you're going to be like, fuck you, bitch, come at me. Yeah. And your power <laughs> is not in yelling at someone and getting loud. Your power is in just taking space and you know, cramming it down. So that aspect of it, we agreed on, or that was something that I'm like, yeah, no, this is just where she comes from. Because even if she's in Diane's body, if we're talking about her being the hammerhead on the surface, yeah, it's still this incarnation in Diane's body, but you know, they seem to flow the same way. Mm. But when it came to our first episode where like, there are like 25 Janes, it's like, <laughs> I roll like hammerhead, I roll in and I'm dragging her by the hair. That in particular was something that needed to be chatted about just because Diane had created all these unique individuals when she was playing them on the surface. And she also had an idea as to how they interacted and if we liked them or not, like how you feel about different personas, you know? And I feel like a little bit as we go on episode or season by season, you see where people come together and you see the alliances as we go a little bit. I was just wondering what that first day on set was like when all the Janes were in the same place. Did you all sort of like look (laughs) around and be like, so we're all the same person. We're yeah. a club, I mean, sort of. It was, it was really fun. I mean, every time we're on set with all the Janes, it's a really phenomenal experience. It's because, A, I think for many of us, Diane was on Orange is the New Black, so not for her, but like for a lot of us, it's the first time that, that we've been on set mm. acting with that many women. Like, mm, right. it, which doesn't seem like, which would seem like, uh-huh, whatever, but like, it really is a a wholly different experience a little bit. So that was really interesting. And then also, you know, you have, at that point, I had been there for, those were my last couple of days of shooting when we meet everybody. I had done my scene with, um, my first dance set was with Brendan Fraser, mm-hmm. which oh, wow. was, you know, I was a little like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> as well as it being, you know, just a lovely place to be because also he and the director were very generous and just being like, so this is how we're taking it because it's underground, just, you know, talking about relationship between him and Jane because he's inside and just making sure everything was kind of matching as far as storytelling goes. Oh. It, it was nice because I'd been there. I think the very first time I was there, I was there for like 10 days, which was amazing. Cause I was like, Oh my God, yeah. they flew me to it. <laughs> I felt so special. I was like yeah. <laughs> in a car and they put me on an airplane. And I was like, oh my God. Everyone being there for the first time and just all the costumes and just the, you know, to see everyone in person was just, it's just every time, every time it happens, it's just, I'm just like, holy shit, this is cool. I mean, it's got to be amazing to read like, okay, none with a chainsaw and then right? be able to see that is kind of yeah. a. Yeah. Or like Pretty Polly, which I still don't know, like Hannah, who plays Pretty Polly, like I love her costume with the big eyes. We still don't know what the fuck she does. But <laughs> she's always there and she's an incredible actress. But yeah. her uh, and her fucking costume is so hard to get in and out of. But it's just oh, so cool. Like, yeah, 
Do you have a group chat in real life with all the Janes? Are you guys texting <laughs> each other all the time? Not all the Janes. Like, there's okay. about four or five of us on, like, Facebook Messenger that will be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Like, we'll chit-chat every so often, especially when stuff's coming up. Or, you know, we've all just been like, does anybody know anything about season four? Blah, blah, blah. Like, who's coming back? Do we know? You know, things like that. But It feels like the underground is still, it's become such a big part of the show, I feel like, yeah. in the progression. So I feel like... Season four, I, it has to be involved. You so would she, hope. It was sort of a cliffhanger at the end of season I mean, you three. would hope. I know. Part of me is yeah. like, they got to bring us back, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course. But at the same time, you I mean, it's, you never know. I mean, you never know. Season one, we came in late because there was a long, it was a longer season. And then season two, we are there from the jump because they just introduced us. And there was a lot of Jane and the underground in season two. Mm-hmm. And then season three, like, we ended up because we because of COVID, we got shut down because of COVID. Like we were literally, we had like one week of shooting. It was the scenes to finish out to to you know 210. And they called and they're like, nope, not getting on a plane. Oh, oh, no. So it was nice a little bit because I was like, oh my God, at least I know I'm I knew I was coming back for at least one because I was like, <laughs> I, <got it> for <laughs> I came back for one and then I came back again in like Five, I think. So I have, t- I, I have a feeling that, at least for me, like, Hammerhead tends to show up later. It mm. seems that's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> but <laughs> well, and I, I love. I feel like Hammerhead is always jumping from off camera to on camera, being mm. like, "Here's what I think about that," <laughs> you know, or, right? Like, reacting. Right. So it, it does have that almost theatrical reveal. <laughs> yeah. Of well, character. also, I feel like you know we ended season three in such a way that. You know, with Dr. Harrison and me being like, you know, Hammerhead being like, I ain't her bitch. You go up and you do it. So yeah. he, I feel like even if we are in the underground, whatever is going to happen with Harrison, it leads one to believe that they have that talk and we don't know what's going to happen there. Then I'm like, well, if for some reason she takes over, which, again, I do not know. Um, it seems that, that Hammerhead would be laying kind of low. Like, yeah. I'm just kind of like, because I just don't, you know, even though I was like, I'm going along with her, like. It seems I'm not a big fan of Dr. Harrison. And if mm-hmm. she's like trying to pull strings, I feel like I feel like I'd be like, man, take a break. But yeah. let me throw the counter argument there would be like Hammerhead would be the character you'd want to see the take from the most. She's like the opposite of, uh, yeah. of Dr. Harrison. So it's like yeah. you either want to see the Harrisonized version of Hammerhead or yeah. Hammerhead <laughs> leading the underground resistance like, fuck yeah, this exactly. lady. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, so the way the way they write, which is 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 kind of nice, is they've been shooting in blocks. They've been shooting two episodes together, at least as of starting the last year, because it used to just be one episode, like a regular, mm-hmm. like a normal episodic. But they also write like a normal episodic. So as opposed to, like, I worked on a project last summer that was already written in block shot, everything, but it was all done. Mm-hmm. So this, it kind of seems like once they know, they let you know. Okay. That's how it happened in two. That's how it happened in two. Yeah. And then three, we knew I was coming back. So well, like, let, we had a little more. Let's leverage. take a step back, though, because you talked yeah, yeah. about your relationship with Diane and how that developed. But also as the show, as we found out more information about the character of Jane, we've really come to understand that it's Kay. It's not Jane. It's yeah. Kay. So working with that young actress in particular and sort of pivoting your mind from I'm an aspect of Jane to I'm an aspect of Kay. How's that worked for you? It's been interesting. I mean, it's been interesting, but it's it's certainly interesting because you're like, oh, okay, it's part of it. Oh, wait a minute. No, we're all part of Jane. Now we're part of Kay. So it's, I think what it's changed is, at least for me, it's as opposed to being someone, perceiving Hammerhead as someone that's like 
protecting Jane, the realization I've come to is that my character is much more a partner with Jane as opposed to someone who was a part, but is also like a partner with Jane looking out for Kay, whereas or as as, mm. as we've learned more. Whereas as we've, you know, prior to that, it was kind of like, I'm just this one aspect of her coming out. Yeah. So I feel like it gives, in my playing of it, I feel like it's given me, given Hammerhead and my take on it a little more agency, I guess. Yeah. No, cool. I, I think absolutely. Justin was kind of talking about this a little bit, but particularly towards the end of the last season, I love how... Jane, not that it's, this is necessarily the ranking, but Jane is, um, excuse me, Hammerhead is almost like the second in command to Jane in a certain way. She's the one who yeah. comes in and is calling her on her shit and kind of backing her up, but also pushing her to be better. So it's been really interesting to see that relationship develop. Yeah. Almost like I, a big I, sister I, I, in some ways. Because you see, like, Jane in the outer world feels like she, even when Hammerhead's not in the, the driver's seat, she almost has a little Hammerhead going on anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot I of think that's there really seems cool. to be a lot of similarities, like crossing over. I think. Yeah. Uh, as as far as Hammerhead though, it's such an amazing, cool character that cuts through the shit. Like, do you find yourself like having a hard time turning Hammerhead off? Like, you get home and somebody says something to you, and you just kind of lose this it. This is on Pete's them, looking <laughs> for some very specific life advice. Go ahead. Yeah. Very <laughs> um, I would like to say that I'm pretty good at cutting through the shit in life. I think that's why I took <laughs> nice. the there it is. I think Hammerhead is a very much a reflection of me at a younger probably a younger age when I was a little less sensitive about other people's feelings. Mm. Um, mm. And I think that's why it's interesting. Very, so very interesting to play, to play. I always encompassed it like anger. Like I seem to in the last year of like, have been getting a lot of characters that are talking about people who don't know how to express their anger or don't know, or, Anger is also sadness manifested. Like anger is so many things as opposed to one specific thing. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think that that has been the thing that has made me um, a little bit more empathetic to people in my life. So rather than calling shit on it, shit is in the same kind of way um, is, <laughs> is being able to, I think being able to soften it a little bit because I have been known in my life to be, Really, what I call direct, what other people call very harsh. Mm. So. Does that ring any bells, Pete? Resonate yeah. at all? <laughs> yeah, it's just I really appreciated all that. <laughs> this is we all really only do this podcast to have people out and do therapy for Pete. That's basically yeah. <laughs> that's how it started. It was a therapy session, and then it expanded into a doom control <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, like, people have to hear this. I mean, I feel like that. That's you know, it's we're all we're just chatting it out, man. We're just chatting exactly. it out. It's true, exactly. It's true, exactly. Uh, I want to ask you about a specific thing that happens towards the end of the third season when you had a puppet made of you. Oh yeah, what yes. was that like? And did you oh. get to keep the puppet? I did not get to get the. Okay. I did not get to keep the puppet. Okay. I did, however, get to meet the puppet, puppet <laughs> which I was very excited about because, too, we were there. I think for four oh nine or something, and the puppets happened to be there, so I got to meet my one of the PAs or second ADs took me to meet my puppeteer, which was really really cool. Nice. Um, and then I did the VO. I did the VO like like you do like much later like. Right. They did all the acting, and then I got to see it and like voice it after the fact. Did you um, like which, the choices that the uh, the puppeteer made? Did you really feel like it captured? Uh... Honestly, um, yeah. I liked some of them. Ooh. 
but well, I, I liked some of them, but I also was like, and again, like, and puppet is it's cause you're, you're heightening something at the same right. time. So I didn't want to, um, so we did a couple passes, like, cause you'll hear someone voicing the voice as you go. And I have a tendency to, when I hear something, I used to be, I used to sing in like choir and stuff. And when I hear something, I can mimic it. And then it gets caught in that. Uh-huh. So I had to, like, I listened to it and where it played. And we had to kind of, we had to do it a couple of times where we just took the other vocal out. Oh, right. Because it just gave me a little bit more freedom to play and find what we were looking for. Oh, that's cool. So, and um, also our ADR director is, she's tremendous. And every time I, mean, I get to what go a skill. Every time I get to go in and do ADR, I'm just like, yeah, I'm back, hi! Oh, that's so <laughs> then cool. I spend way too much time there because we like shoot the shit about about a bunch. Like, what's happened in the last year? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, like, I need you to say that one half a second faster. Just exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, another thing that happened towards the end of season three is you got to actually interact with most of the made cast, I believe, yes. for the first oh time. God. What was that, that is- like? That is like, that was such a, that was such a cool thing to see. Like, cause amongst our, you know, amongst our chat, amongst our, <laughs> our like, what do we wish would happen for the underground? It's like, I want, you know, I think, uh, who is it? Um, secretary's like, I want one where we all switch personas. Like Hammerhead mm. is secretary. And I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, I want us to become p- corporeal. So we're all up in the world, like fighting together. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so, but that in particular was just so cool because, you know, thankfully I, I forget sometimes because it is sci-fi, you know, sci-fi or, you know, comic books, you can do that. And, you know, right. I didn't suspect that we would, and to be able to do that and on top of it, you know, have other characters do it as well. Like to come to the fog, I'm just like, bring the fog back. This is <laughs> yeah. I mean, it felt like a class reunion uh, or like that yeah. time when you're in like high school where you all yeah. the classes yeah. come together. You're like, exactly. I remember you. <laughs> exactly. Well, and it's also that same, you know, it's, if you've seen someone's work and you haven't been able to see that, like I have to imagine how much fun it must have been because in that same episode was, you know, Robot Man, like Brendan and Riley get to work at like they all yeah. get to, like be in the same together in a way that they haven't been able to do it before. And I'm just like, that's just so cool. We do hope that Hammerhead comes back for yeah. season four. But in the meantime, do you have any other, pro- I think you actually do have a couple of projects lined up, right? That are not done. Yeah, to um, I, I can't, I have one that I, I wrapped that I'm not allowed to talk about till Ooh, next exci- year. Exciting um, though. It nonetheless. Um, and then I'm currently on um, MacGruber. That's where oh, I like. Oh, nice. Yes. I left. Yeah. I left. In a very similar role. I know it's really shocking, but this time with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> that show was so funny. So, so good. Fun. If for um, anybody who's well, listening, it's Peacock all on Peacock. Now, so. I play Captain Vex Dawson, um, which is streaming on Peacock right now. And then I, a couple, about a month ago, I, uh, I have a little, little turn on the rookie. Oh, cool. So 414, I think. Okay. Um, and then just, you know, Send a casting out the uh, lines, trying to get, trying to get, trying to see what I'm doing with my hair next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to shave my head again. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. that's fun. It's good to be busy. So congrats you on know, all that. You know, I know. It's like I was like my hair is like it was back from a gruber. Then the last thing I did, they shaved it fully down again, and then like, and I'm just like I don't know when I'm. I'm like I've got it now, 
and it's yes. kind of fine, but I'm fine to shave. I'm fine to shave. Yeah, <laughs> that's your memoir. What's my hair like this time? You know, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, it's like, what do you want my head to look like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thank pleasure. you. Yeah. I really appreciate it. It was really fun, guys. It oh, was so no. great to hear your story and hear about putting the, the role together. It's yeah, awesome. such a huge fan. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. <laughs> Anytime. Right. Anytime. Oh, <laughs> and if you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come back out. We would love to chat with you about Doom Patrol, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter, comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more. And now before we wrap up here, a piece of advice from Stephanie Chikowski. Oh, yeah. I've been saying just give less shits. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Talk about oh. a hammerhead advice right there. Yeah, there it's we go. so true, but, you know, we get so wrapped up in shit that does not matter. Yeah. Oh, give man. less shits about stuff that does not matter. Yeah.